Welcome to the Lubar Executive Education Podcast. In this episode, we'll be talking about the benefits and value of integrating servant leadership into your personal leadership style. With me today is Irina Padubnaya. Irina is the founder of TrackMage.com and a business consultant specializing in optimization of operations and processes to help organizations boost sales and simplify the customer experience. Irina also has a passion for servant leadership and integrates it into all the work she does. Welcome, Irina. It's great to have you here with me today. Thank you, Mike. I'm excited to talk about servant leadership, one of my favorite topics. I'd like to begin by asking you to share how you define servant leadership, and can you share some examples of people who are servant leaders? It's probably easier to tell what servant leadership isn't. It's uh, our common understanding of command and control, where there is a leader who gives orders, and uh, the, the troops, they are just delivering on those orders. That's what servant leadership isn't. Servant leadership is enabling other people do their best work and be their best selves uh, on the, at the workplace and support them, but without having to tell them what exactly to do. So like an example of a servant leader would be like probably one of the <laughs> most common known servant leaders. They even have it in their job description. It's uh, Scrum Masters. Uh, so you can find them in all uh, organizations that, are, that run on agile principles. And also coaches and other, uh, I mean, helping professionals, they also can qualify as servant leaders because they don't really uh, tell people what to do, but they help them develop their best skills and uh, deliver the best results. So when you don't have servant leadership experience, and in the past you've relied on strict tracking of KPIs and maybe had more of that command and control style that you mentioned, how could servant leadership help you as a leader? Are there situations where you might want to adopt more of a command and control versus a servant leadership style and vice versa? Well, there is a very clear distinction where you can use uh, servant leadership and uh, where you can use uh, command and control. Because command and control also has its own place. And if you have a very constrained budget uh, or you're under a time crunch and you need to deliver something on a tight deadline, or literally you just want to go uh, really fast, that's uh, exactly where the uh, command and control thrives because you need to just give them orders like uh, and uh, just push your team to deliver uh, because uh, I've seen that uh, a lot in startups where they need to prepare something for the meeting with investors and then like the whole team is just like, okay, order, order, uh, deliver, deliver, deliver. It's very stressful for people to work in those conditions all the time. People are not uh, machines uh, and they cannot be just producing. Uh, we've seen that uh, from like Taylorism and uh, all the previous decades uh, of uh, people trying to turn, uh, I don't know, uh, every employee into a cogwheel in the machine. But then it just doesn't work because we're real people and uh, we have our needs and we have more creative capacity. But how do you tap into the creative side of your employees? How do you really make it so that they lead the company, that they discover some new features for your application, for example, or they do some innovation projects. So that's when servant leadership is needed because you cannot tell the artist to create a masterpiece. You can, I don't know, like you can ping that artist every day and ask him like, how is that masterpiece coming? But probably that's not going to uh, yield any good results. So the servant leadership, you are uh, enabling that person. You provide all the materials needed. You resolve all the problems around that person. But then uh, you give that person the time and the necessary space to create. 
Uh, and that not only works with the real uh, artists, uh, it also works with marketing professionals, with IT developers, uh, with anyone in R&D, scientists. So you still, you just basically lock them in a the room, uh, leave them their, to their own devices, and then they do some amazing stuff. So that's what commonly is perceived as servant leadership. But then again, you still need to provide coffee, cookies, and other stuff that <laughs> people run on. Definitely have to provide uh, additional uh, incentives for people, right? Right. Servant leadership is something we talk about in a lot of our programs. And every once in a while, we get somebody asking about, you know, they think servant leadership is maybe a little too soft or fuzzy for them and, you know, that they won't be taken seriously. What do you say to people who think that uh, servant leadership is is a little too soft or maybe kumbaya for them? Well, it just depends on what we perceive as soft. If you push people too hard all the time, you will not get good results either. You will probably just get some overwhelmed uh, and uh, like work to the bone uh, employees that uh, cannot create anything new or they don't even have any incentive to work, uh, just to, like do and go through emotions for the salary that they are paid. Because again, it's very stressful to work with a very like regulated environment where you're constantly pushed, pushed, pushed. And it sometimes uh, backfires uh, and people burn out and they just leave uh, the workplace. And then you don't have anyone to push. Servant leadership has its place. Uh, and when you're talking about uh, uncertain environments where you are dealing with chaos or changing requirements or changing uh, environment itself, because again, in a lot of places, like in marketing, something that was trendy yesterday may not be trendy tomorrow. So you need to adapt all the time. And you need flexible people with flexible mindset uh, so that they can think on their feet. And with those people, they will not even come to work for this environment where everyone is just given strict orders and uh, they need to clock in, clock out, uh, track time. I don't know, like what, whatever KPIs you can uh, put on a creative person, like how many uh, strokes of the paintbrush <laughs> you've done today. Because I've seen that with developers, like how many lines of code have you written? Like, well, it doesn't matter if uh, they, there were three lines of code, but they solve the problem, like that's what matters. Exactly. Like it doesn't, it's not about the number of things that uh, get delivered, but the impact and the creative outcome that you get. The servant leadership, if you want people to be creative and to really push the boundaries or innovate, that's when you use servant leadership. If you want just like some, I don't know, factory-like employees that uh, do a work that they are assigned, that's what you will get with uh, command and control and uh, strict KPIs and uh, those regulated systems where you actually do that. I can totally appreciate the difference between uh, the situations where you will need maybe a little more of that command and control style. And when you're working on innovation and uh, really being creative, how the servant leadership is going to shine through every time. So once you sell a leader on why they should be a servant leader, where do they fall down when they start trying to adopt this into their style? And what mistakes do people make uh, as they're trying to become more of a servant leader? If that's a leader that already exercised uh, command and control before, it will be just like this uh, recovering command and controller uh, because the person is going to try to delegate some stuff uh, to the employees then see like, oh, they don't know how to do this stuff. Like, oh, let me take it back. And that's what uh, really like burns out uh, some of those very proactive managers where they see like, oh, that employee doesn't understand how to do this stuff. Let me just take it back and do it for them. 
And then from this one and this one, and then there is like the whole team is standing around the team leader who is just like doing the work. So like, it's very important to let people make mistakes, let people learn, leave them be and give them space and time to really iterate and figure this stuff out. Like one of those forgotten resources, but maybe it's just like management classics is a uh, one minute manager and the monkey. When people, uh, they are challenged by just this extra responsibility. Like when you encounter a problem, if that's uh, the problem that you can solve, how about you do it? You, you do solve it. And the manager doesn't have to take over that responsibility. And again, with command and control, when you really want to do something fast, you might like as well do it yourself. Because again, uh, that's uh, African proverb, like if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. So with a servant leadership, uh, the leader essentially uh, is this general that is behind the scenes that uh, helps the army forward. But the general doesn't conquer. If you take the army uh, from the general, the general is useless, essentially. So that's what a lot of command and control leaders, uh, they don't feel comfortable with. Uh, when you build a really solid system with a lot of creative people and they self-direct, they understand the problems and they solve them themselves, you are no longer needed. This is very scary for command and control leaders. That's why I think the first thing that uh, the command and control leader uh, needs to learn is just to be fine with people making mistakes and uh, processes not being efficient from the get-go. But like when the time passes, you will be amazed how less burdened you feel. Because like everything is kind of happening and you are just sitting back and saying like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> like, I never thought that we could do this. Yeah, we talk a, a lot about not stealing somebody's learning. So if you're that leader that takes the project back or takes back whatever task you delegated, uh, you're really taking away from that person's learning and your team won't be as strong as, as it could be uh, if they get to finish it out. And it also, as a leader, it gives you a chance to do some coaching and provide feedback and practice those skills as somebody's learning. So uh, I love what you're saying here. Expanding on servant leadership a little bit more, uh, how can principles of servant leadership be used to address any types of problems, whether they be really big problems or uh, more smaller everyday type problems? Servant leadership uh, can be applicable like from, from the smallest scale to the largest scale. So on the smaller scale, when you just have some straightforward tasks and uh, you just get them delegated to certain employee, then you just have to wait for them to figure it out. The more uh, intelligent the employee is, like uh, the more senior the, the person is, the more uh, undefined tasks you can give them. You can just literally tell them like, okay, I have a problem. How do we solve that? Uh, developers love those uh, kinds of problems, like because again, uh, it allows them to create. That's what they love about uh, coding in the first place. Like you say to them, like, okay, uh, how do we do this and that for the users? And then you have like 170 ideas how we can do it. With servant leadership, what you really get is the multitude of ideas uh, to uh, yield from. When you are exercising command and control, you only have your idea, like one idea. But when you tap into the, uh, this uh, team intelligence and you ask every person, even some people who are not uh, professional in that space, sometimes the most interesting ideas, they come from guys who have no industry experience or they are just uh, interns, but they might have a genius idea. So with uh, servant leadership, you just enable them to speak up uh, and that's how you get a real brainstorming going on. 
And when it comes to the micro scale, when you are having some real problems with uh, like of gargantuan scale, like hurricanes or global warming, that's when you you probably, even if you try to exercise command and control, that's going to be constrained by lo locality. So you can really just like run uh, command and control with a team of like seven people or maybe a very small local community, like maybe even small country. But uh, when it comes to global scale, there are other strong leaders that are not going to really cooperate unless you really know how to negotiate and how to take their interests into consideration. And that's where the servant leadership can actually help you because a servant leadership was designed uh, in, with this uh, notion in mind that you don't have any power over the people whom you work with. And uh, like in typical uh, employer-employee situation, that's not so. Uh, so the employer can actually fire the employee, but uh, that's not the idea. When you have this kind of power, it doesn't mean that you need to exercise it. And if you just give the employee this like, peace of mind, they do better uh, if they are constantly pressured, like, oh, uh, will I keep my job or not? And coming back to like large scale, when we are talking about large scale and enabling people to solve problems on global scale, the thing is you get better results uh, if you take all the opinions uh, and you enable everyone to solve a problem from different angles. And that's how we actually thrive as a community of people who were driven by science. So again, scientists, uh, they always collaborate. Uh, it's a pity that with uh, like those uh, political issues and other stuff, we are losing some of the brightest minds uh, because of the constraints that shouldn't be there in the first place. Because knowledge uh, should be spread really freely across the globe because we get more uh, variety in that case, variety of ideas, variety of implementations, etc. And as a species, that's when we can solve those problems, uh, not as uh, just individual human beings or some communities or, or countries. I really like what you're talking about with collaboration and influence and getting people to a place of commitment where they're committing to doing something instead of that compliance where they have to comply with some sort of rule or mandate or thing like that. So yeah, tapping into everybody available to get a lot of great ideas, that's you know almost always going to come out with a better result than trying to do it in a vacuum or trying to do it by yourself. So thank you. One of the things we like to do on each episode is to kind of give a call to action for everybody listening. And with our topic here on servant leadership, what is one thing that anybody listening today can do to strengthen their servant leadership skills? I believe that the uh, easiest way to really embrace and understand what servant leadership is, is to probably go through some coaching training. Coaching actually has uh, like maybe the coaching by ICF, like that's International Coaching Federation. They have uh, very solid principles where you can understand like what the mindset is. And if you go for the training, you get uh, actionable skills out of it uh, that you can employ and uh, really exercise on the workplace. Uh, there is a book also called uh, The Coaching Habit. Uh, it's all about asking questions instead of uh, giving orders or assigning tasks. Uh, so if you uh, like, if you embrace that uh, flipped perceptive where you are no longer the like the leader who needs to tell people what to do, uh, but uh, you are this enabler uh, who is in the bottom of the pyramid. So like the troops, they are doing all the work, but you you are just helping them actually do their best work out there. 
so that's when you really need to flip it uh, in your mind that you don't give people orders, but they kind of give orders to you uh, because they will tell you what they need to do their best work or what kind of problems they are dealing with that only you can solve. So that's when uh, servant leadership, uh, so that servant leadership really like the, the servant part is all about serving the people who work for you. You're still the leader, but you're enabling people to do whatever they need to do. Yeah, I think it's great when you uh, see a leader who can remove obstacles for people. And you know, from a coaching standpoint, some of the stuff we talk about in our programs is all about listening, asking questions to get people to see a bigger perspective and to try to solve their own problems. So you don't have to be that hero leader and solve the problem for them or have the solution. Well, Irina, thank you so much for taking time today to be on the show and to share the value and power of servant leadership. If people are interested in learning more from you, what's the best way to have them reach out to you? I believe the best way to reach out to me would be for LinkedIn. It's uh, Irina Padubnaya. Like if you spell my uh, surname correctly, you will find me because like there are other spellings of that surname, but mine is a little bit unique. Uh, so yeah, and uh, you can also Google trackmage.com or TrackMage uh, itself, and uh, you will find the company, and then you will consequently find me. Wonderful. I'll put some links into the show notes so everybody can access that very easily. In closing, I'd like to take a moment and thank our listeners. We wish you the best of luck as you move forward on your leadership journey. Please check back regularly for additional episodes.